Hi everyone, I'm Tara Mont, and you're listening to the Trust and Thrive with Tara Mont podcast, where you can find a new episode released every Thrive Thursday. I am a current clinical psychology graduate student, passionate about all things to do with mental health, relationships, healing, self-reflection, and other topics that influence us in our everyday lives. I created this podcast to hopefully inspire others to live their most authentic life and to share insightful and honest conversations with everyday individuals and informed professionals. Although the show is not a replacement for therapy, I hope the conversations had can inspire you to look within, to practice self-compassion, to gain more awareness, and to trust the process of your unique journey. If you resonate with the message of Trust and Thrive, make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. You can also stay connected by following me on Instagram at Trust and Thrive. Thank you for being here. Now let's get right into this week's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Trust and Thrive. I'm your host, Tara Mont. I hope you're having a wonderful Thursday, whatever day you're listening to this. Once again, I mentioned this in the last episode. This month, the next few weeks, will likely be more solo episodes and compilation episodes, kind of episodes as I'm gathering new guest episodes. So like I said, we don't have seasons on the show, and I don't want to take a whole month or two off, right now at least. Maybe in the future I will, but right now I don't want to do that. So as we're kind of transitioning into the next chapter of the show, I wanted to continue releasing episodes. I do hope you enjoy the solo episodes, the best of episodes that I've been releasing. I know it's not always the same, not having those conversations. Solo episodes definitely have a different dynamic, but I hope you're able to still take something away and know that you're not alone. So if there's anything specific you'd like me to discuss on the show, to talk about with a guest or on my own, please let me know. You can reach me on Instagram at Trust and Thrive. You can also leave a rating and review of the show on Apple iTunes if you'll take a minute to do that. It really, really helps the show. So thank you in advance. And all my info will be in the description of this episode, the show notes, my email, my Insta, It'll all be there. So you can reach me. Let me know what you want to hear as we move forward. So that's just a reminder. I know it may seem different that there hasn't been a guest episode in a little while, but they are going to come. So stay tuned. Make sure to subscribe. And I cannot wait to share them and to continue moving forward with the show. And honestly, I have had my moments of overthinking and being like, oh my gosh, it has to be perfect. I have to have a guest episode this many times, a solo episode only once a month, whatever it is. And I kind of created this expectation for myself. And you know, I'm very proud that I've stayed consistent, but I've also been very hard on myself and it has in a way been draining at times. It's putting this pressure on myself to be perfect and have it all together when we know no one does and we're all doing our best. So That leads into the topic of this episode, which is dichotomous thinking, black and white thinking. I'm sure you've heard that before. Dichotomous thinking is basically when you think in terms of polar opposites and you're thinking in extremes. So for example, good or bad, all or nothing, black and white thinking. You may have thought like this before. You may know people who think like this. And I know I have, and I thought if I take a break or if I take 
a two-week-long break, which I've never done. I've only ever taken a week off, but I might do a two-week break in a while. But Or maybe I have. I honestly don't remember. Um, I may have around the holidays. It's very possible. But in general, I put this expectation on myself. And so I thought, if I do not upload this many times, I am not consistent. If I do not upload this many times, I am not hardworking. And I know I am. I know how hardworking I am. I know I've been consistent and I love, love doing the show. But I have to remind myself that I'm not defined by that one week I take off. Or I might take two weeks off. Who knows? So I'm trying to work on, you know, these beliefs I have and unlearn this idea that I can't take a break or that I can't change how things are. Like to me, the idea of not having a guest episode for a few weeks when I've been very consistent with that terrified me. And I thought, well, you know, the show's not going to be the same or no one may listen anymore. And who knows, that may be the case. But I've reminded myself that it's okay to focus on, you know, say my papers and my midterms and finals and just what I've been doing right now, figure some stuff out and also gather these episodes that are going to be so great and exciting to share. And I've been really unlearning these beliefs. So before I get more into this episode, I wanted to remind everyone, it just came to me, that this show is not therapy at all. I'm not even a licensed therapist. I want to remind everyone I am in school right now studying psychology and I hope to become a licensed therapist in a few years, but I am not a licensed therapist. I also am not a researcher. I like doing research for my class, for myself, but I am not a researcher, a therapist, a doctor, a psychiatrist. Even then, if I have any information, I hope you do not diagnose yourself. Even if you're listening to another episode with a licensed professional I want to remind you to always take the information that you consume into account, not as a way to diagnose yourself or as to say this is fact. I believe in general that anything we consume, whether it has to do with politics, psychology, health, self-development, that we really explore other options, that we see it for what it is, but not as factual right away, unless it's obviously like data and things that we need to talk about, but not as not as this is how it is. This is how it's going to be. Well, she said she has this anxiety symptom, so I have anxiety. It's not that simple. So this is a reminder for everyone not to diagnose yourself, please. And to remember that I am simply sharing my personal experience, especially in these solo episodes. I'm sharing my personal experience. I'm sharing what I've learned as I hope to become a professional, I'm sharing what I know my own experience as a white cisgender straight woman, a child of immigrants, a woman who lives in LA, middle class, privileged. I just want to share that this is my experience and I can't speak for anyone else. I just wanted to make that very, very clear because it's very easy once again with this topic of dichotomous thinking to fall into these traps of thinking that this is how it is. I'm either sick or I'm not. I'm either dying or I'm not. I'm either a good person or I'm a bad person in very extremes. So going back to the topic of dichotomous thinking, I've really been working on my anxiety, especially now. And as I've been reflecting on patterns and norms I've set for myself and beliefs I had, I am recognizing the many ways that my anxiety created a very dichotomous, a very black and white outlook I've had in my life, black and white thinking. And I try not to be because 
I like to think I'm very open-minded. I can be very rational and I love to reflect. I don't like to just see things as black and white, but dealing with anxiety, for example, really serious anxiety really messes with your head. And even if you think, oh, well, that's not who I am. I'm very rational. It's almost like your brain is being hijacked to think the worst, especially with anxiety. And I know I talk about it a lot, but that's what I deal with. I can't talk about another mental health disorder or a personality disorder that I don't have. I can only talk about my experience. But from what I've researched and learned, dichotomous thinking is very common for borderline personality disorder, people who have that narcissism, OCD, which I can relate to, and depression and anxiety. So I want to give some examples of what this looks like because I know I'm talking about it a lot and you may think, okay, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to think in black and white terms, good or bad, all or nothing? I will give you an example. Um, With my relationship, for example, I used to think in very black or white terms in certain ways, and a lot of it I can say was my anxiety. I can also say some of it was expectations I grew up with. Some of it was unrealistic expectations, what I mean, that I grew up with um, from rom-coms, from stories I've heard, just not having the experience of they either love you or they don't. And I had this conversation with um, Christina Crow in the past episode about ADHD and how ADHD can really affect our cognitive abilities are also our interpersonal skills. And we may think, okay, well, like, why can't I be consistent in a relationship? I care about them. But ADHD may be affecting your judgment, may be affecting your cognitive skills. You may be unable to do something you want to do. You may love someone, but because of your ADHD, you feel stuck or you can't remember or you can't show up in the ways you want to. So that's an example we had in that episode. And we talked about the movie, He's Just Not That Into You which you may have seen. It's a rom-com. I mean, even though rom-coms are so unrealistic, and I know that, I'm still a sucker for them. I see them for what they are. I enjoy them. But it's funny that she mentioned that movie because I rewatched it maybe like two years ago, maybe a year ago. He's just not that into you. And I was in high school when that came out. And now looking back on it, I think that is such a simple, <laughs> like unhealthy pretty toxic message to be sending out that if they want to make it work, they will. And I know they're trying to joke about that and say, well, that's not how it is. But then the end of it does work that way. But it's interesting because they think, okay, well, they will chase you. They will pursue you. They will do everything they can if they wanted you, like an all or nothing. Instead of thinking about maybe the issues they have, the trauma they haven't worked through, the wounds that they haven't worked through, The interpersonal skills that they haven't learned, maybe stopping them, maybe a mental health disorder keeping them back, any other external or internal factor that may be playing part into why they are the way they are that may not have to do with you or the person who is wondering why they can't be chased or why they're not, you know, trying so hard. It's interesting to think about because I thought that way. So I've been in my relationship for over five and a half years and we've both grown so much. But I remember early on in our relationship, I would think, okay, to very extremes, I would think if he did not do X, Y, and Z or show up in a way that this other person showed up, then he does not love me. If he, let's think, 
finds someone else attractive, then he does not love me as if we're not human. It was ridiculous. And it was making me insecure. It was making me feel bad about myself. And even though I felt like I was overall a confident person, my anxiety would make me think, okay, if he does not plan everything, or if he does not know how to read my mind, then he must not love me. If he doesn't just know my needs, then he must not love me. If he struggles sometimes in his own life, then he must not love me, which I know sounds really selfish, but when you're feeling that way about yourself and you're feeling low, that's what it feels like. I just made it so extreme and I would think that way instead of thinking, okay, maybe he didn't have those skills or maybe he doesn't Or maybe it's normal that he can't read my mind and I need to share my needs with him. Maybe he can find other people attractive and still love me and be with me. That doesn't change anything. It was just very black or white, but that's how it was. I feel like I had a very limited view on relationships in the world and we all grow up with a certain expectation based on what we've seen, what we know, of course, but I thought in extremes. And then I would think the same about my life, my intelligence, my skills. I thought if I have one grammatical mistake, I'm going to be seen as dumb. I'm going to be seen as inadequate. I'm going to be seen as someone who does not pay attention. It's all or nothing. Not as, oh, well, that person made a mistake. We all make mistakes. Why can't those coexist? They can. You can be in a relationship and find someone attractive and be like, yeah, they're an attractive person that doesn't change that doesn't mean I don't want to be with you. <laughs> like, like, oh, you can be in a relationship and also struggle to communicate at times. You can make a mistake in an email at work, in school, and still be a really hardworking person who cares. It's not that simple. It also made me think about how you we hear these stories about like celebrities. I remember, it's so funny. I remember hearing like this one friend I had in middle school And her mom was dating like a limo driver. And she told me a story about how he drove Beyonce. He was just like, she was such a diva. She didn't didn't like the roses they had or the flowers they liked. Like she asked for a different, she asked for something else and they got it wrong. And, And I remember being so disappointed thinking, oh, wow, I thought she'd be nice. Like I was so young thinking, oh, wow, I thought she'd be nice. I guess this one story this person told me means that she's not a good person. She's a diva. She's mean, whatever it is, which first of all, now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, well, they got it wrong and she knows what she wants. That's a strong, powerful woman who knows what she wants. I'd applaud that. That was my internalized misogyny at the time. But now, Even if I heard something like that, I wouldn't just take this one person's opinion, this one person's story or view and create this whole character for someone based off of that. And I wouldn't define that person by one thing I heard, especially someone I've never met. There are certain things, of course, you know, with politics and things online that I see and I'm like, I I will create my own. This is just how I feel about you. It is what it is. There's certain things you can't really take back, of course, but overall, we hear like these stories about people, people we don't know, people we do know. We hear stories and we think, okay, we can, we create our own view of them. So I just remember how ridiculous it was that I was like so disappointed that Beyonce, I thought, oh, she went from being what I would hope a nice person to a mean person 
because she asked for what she wanted and knew she needed because she corrected a mistake from someone who was working for her, which is valid. (laughs) And I would probably do the same. So it's just interesting how I thought, okay, you're a good person, you're a bad person, you're a nice person, you're not a nice person. And I would either judge people that way based on the one interaction I had or the one thing I saw. And myself too, I would think, oh, people are defining me by this one moment. If you are someone who does that to yourself and you feel this way, then you likely define people in that way. So for me, knowing that I'm so hard on myself and I'm overthinking and assuming that everyone's judging my one little move, thankfully I'm not like that right now with every little moment I've worked through it and I have to remind myself that. But because I was like that at some point, I would see others in the same way. I would be like, oh no, I, you know, I have this image of them. I know who they are. And then just be disappointed. And I think that also has to do with putting people on a pedestal, which is very unhealthy because people are human and they're going to make mistakes. And this just reminds me of cancel culture, taking something someone said and just saying, oh, they're canceled forever. And trust me, I am so passionate about accountability. I'm not someone who's saying, oh, let them move on. They said that in the past. No, I think we all need to be accountable and own up to it and learn from it. But what does it do to just say, okay, you said that one thing 10 years ago, you're canceled forever. No one wants to talk to you. <laughs> like, I think there's a difference between accountability and learning and moving forward and then just you know, canceling someone to just put them in a box of, well, they're a bad person forever and just build that up and just say that's how it is instead of embracing the fact that everyone's learning and everyone's a product of their environment and of what they knew at the time. And it's about being accountable and growing. And we need to let people do that through actions because some people say, I know I'm going on tangent right now, but you know, some people say BS of like, oh, I've learned, I've grown and they don't do anything. So that's just a reminder. I think with dichotomous thinking, it's easy right now with cancel culture to say this person's a bad person or they're a good person. And trust me, I can think of people who I think are overall good people and not great people. I'm not defending certain people in any way, (laughs) Um, but I think in general, it's so important to look at the gray area and to find the middle ground. With most things in life, some things are dichotomous and binary. That's how it works. And there are other areas of our lives that are not. It's not like they either love you or they don't, or you're good at this, or you suck, or you're smart, or you're dumb, or you're pretty, or you're not. And I've lived for a long time thinking that. And it reminded me because I am trying to be more confident in myself in all areas of my life. And I used to think in the past, if I post a picture say in a bikini or dress or just something I feel confident in and someone doesn't approve of it, like a family member or someone from an older generation, whatever it may be, then I thought, oh, they're going to perceive me in this light. They're going to think because I posted that, I care about my looks only and I'm dumb. Like very, first of all, I'm working on my internalized misogyny a lot and my cultural beliefs. I'm doing a lot of unlearning, but That's the message I would get of like, why do you want to portray that? If you do that, then it shows that you're like not intelligent or that you don't care about other stuff. You only care about your looks when that is not the case at all. But at the same time, I do think it's great that I'm confident in myself and feel good in my body. And so 
I'm working on breaking that. And anytime, for example, I post something, I have to remind myself, okay, there may be people that judge me and think, oh, she is this or that. And they don't know me. That's okay. I know who I am. I know how hardworking I am and the other qualities I have and how smart I am. I, I know that. And I'm not ashamed to say that because I want to be confident in myself. And I think that's part of the problem is, especially women, we've learned to diminish our skills, our qualities, how we see ourselves and be, you know, humble, which basically means just act like you're not great. And I think that's wrong. I don't have to diminish myself to make myself smaller in any way, to quiet myself, to keep others happy. I'm not going to do that. And if other people don't understand, that's okay. There will be people in your life who may have this dichotomous view of you or of other people. If they have this black or white thinking of you're smart or you're not, you're successful or you're not, you're beautiful or you're not, you're kind or you're not, that's on them. And that's okay. And once again, that doesn't make them a bad person. It's just how they see the world. And I'm not trying to do that because I've seen how much that affects my relationships. I've seen how much that affects my work ethic because I think, you know, I have to get this done or I'm a bad person. And no one wants to think that. No one wants to feel that way. I have to get this assignment done or my life is over and I'll be a failure. That's definitely what it's like to spiral. But in you know, have that negative perfectionism that just doesn't help and just not real. Um, But it's easy to ruminate. It's easy to use that as a coping strategy. A lot of people use this black or white thinking, dichotomous thinking as a coping strategy to keep themselves safe, whether it was when they were growing up and they needed to, or they do it now because it makes them feel safe and secure. We all want to have certainty. And I've mentioned this, we all want to have certainty. And sometimes this dichotomous thinking this is bad or not. This is something I should fear or I shouldn't. This is a person who will hurt me or someone who will keep me safe or who won't hurt me. And I've done this in my life. I've had relationships where I've thought, okay, well, that's how they are. And now I realize, no, people grow, people change. I don't want to have a view of someone now that I've had of them 10 years ago because people change. That's not fair to them. That's not fair to me. That doesn't help anybody. And if someone else wants to keep that mindset and be stuck, that's on them. That's okay, because it's not my problem. And we see that even with eating habits, this food's bad and this food's good. And we know what that can lead to. You may have heard that growing up. You may have heard it about emotions. A lot of us have heard it. Emotions are bad. Crying's bad. And then how does that leave people feeling when they grow up and they think that every emotion is bad, unless it's happy ones? That's not fair to anyone. That doesn't help anyone. And it's just so black and white. It keeps us limited. It keeps us limited in these boxes, in these beliefs, and it may keep us resentful thinking that person is that way and that's it. People can be kind to you and hurt other people and vice versa. So I think it's so important that we take the time to really reflect on our beliefs and what we hear from other people and these thoughts that come up. You may relate, you may not, whether you deal with this, but I know I do with my anxiety. I have very black or white thinking often, and I'm working on it, and it's it's important for me. And what I've learned that has helped me, other than going to therapy, of course, and working on these thoughts, is really reflecting on how I feel and not acting on how I feel right away. I think that can be the hardest part, is we want to act on how we feel. 
especially with our thoughts. We want to see them as facts. We want to think, well, because they didn't do this, they don't love me. So let me act out on that. Or because I did this, it's the end of the world. Let me act out on that. And that can cause issues in our relationships, in our personal lives, and in our work life with our self-esteem because that can be impulsive and we may realize later, why did I do that? Why did I just assume this person had this view or this intention? Why did I assume that's what they tried to do instead of having a conversation with them about it, instead of trying to keep an open mind? I think keeping an open mind as hard as it can be is the most important part is knowing that. Our thoughts may come up, especially if you deal with anxiety or OCD, you may have thoughts that say, this is how it is. You may have a lot of intrusive thoughts and it may feel so real. And the hardest part I've been working on is reminding myself that I can have thoughts come up and they are not facts. Thoughts are not facts. Thoughts are just thoughts. I've had thoughts that say, yeah, this happened because you're not loved, because you're not good enough or everyone's going to see you as a failure. You made that mistake. It looks really dumb. Everyone's going to notice that you haven't posted this. It's really it's really embarrassing, and it shows that you're not hardworking and you're slacking. I would have these thoughts pop up, and I have to remind myself that's not true. Even if one person thinks that, okay, but that's not fact. It's not accurate. I'm assuming the whole world is looking at me which is not the case and is very egocentric, but I have to remind myself that those are just thoughts. And it's really helpful, whether it's a therapist or loved ones, definitely professional help is the best, but also having loved ones you feel safe with and trust and that you can share this with. I literally tell my boyfriend when I'm home, when I'm spiraling, even if it's about him thinking like he doesn't love me, even though I know he loves me, we've been together, we want to be together forever, even though I know that, I have moments where these intrusive thoughts pop up that say I'm not good enough, that he doesn't love me, that he's going to do X, Y, and Z and hurt me. And I have to see those thoughts as separate from myself. I literally will tell him, I am having a moment. I'm spiraling. I'm having a lot of these thoughts pop up. I know they're not true. I want to say they're not true. I know in the big scheme of things they're not, but I'm feeling very insecure and my thoughts are feeling really overwhelming and I can't get it out of my head and we'll just sit with it. We'll just sit with it and I let it pass. He validates me, but I, at the same time, I remind myself that his validation isn't the answer because I can feel this way and he can say anything and it won't change the thoughts that come up. And I also don't want to depend on him to help with these thoughts. I don't want to depend on him to have to validate me for me to feel better. So even though it's helpful, and of course we love validation, we need validation in many ways, of course, I remind myself that I have to see these thoughts as not fact. Because if I think, okay, I believe these thoughts, but if he tells me it's not true, then I'll believe it. Because what happens when he's not there? What happens when I'm having intrusive thoughts about something else? I cannot depend on other people to work on my issues. So I see it for what it is. I say, I'm having a moment. I'm spiraling. I know it'll go away. And I have to remind myself it's not fact. I literally tell myself this is not true. This is not true. And I just sit with it. And as hard as it is, it eventually goes away. I talk about it and I feel better. And I know it's not that simple. I know some people have similar situations that are more extreme and severe and harmful, and I totally get it. I'm just sharing that this is my experience with anxiety, which seeps into my relationship, which seeps into 
my school, my career, all areas of my life. And thankfully, I'm working on it, but but it's something that has blown my mind because as I've been working on my anxiety, I've noticed how many ways growing up, I've had this dichotomous black and white thinking that has limited me. And it's unfortunate. I thought, okay, I can either do this or I don't. I'm either this type of person or I'm not. I either like this food or I don't just from like one time of trying it. I either am smart or I'm not. I'm either kind or I'm not depending on how people see me, which is ridiculous because I don't depend on how others see me anymore. There's such a sense of freedom. And of course, I'm human. I fall in that trap. But overall, I remind myself when I think, okay, why do I care so much about what this person thinks? I have to think of the bigger picture and remind myself that they have a limited view of me as well. The same way I judge Beyonce for saying that one thing, and I've always loved her. I never have stopped loving her. But I thought, oh, that's disappointing. I guess she's a diva, which I love. Now I see it as a good thing. Diva is just a female hustler, <laughs> like she said. Um, but I recognize the many ways I have, like I said in past episodes, created these stories for myself. I think this relates a lot to the last solo episode about creating these narratives and stories for ourselves and sticking to them. I think dichotomous thinking is very similar. We want to keep ourselves safe. We want to put parts of our lives into categories. These people are safe to talk to. These relationships are good. I can trust these people. These people I can't. This is how I feel about myself, about others. And keep it that simple. All or nothing mentality. And that's exhausting. It's exhausting. So I'm working on it, on finding that middle ground, on sitting with the feeling, with being able to write down how I feel and not directly acting on it. And if you can relate and you have any tips you've learned in your own life, in therapy, whatever it may be, I'd love to know. Um, It really, really would help me and I'm sure other people. So feel free to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at Trust and Thrive. You can also leave a rating and review once again on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. And so I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. I hope you take care of yourself. I hope you know that you are not alone on your journey. And that being said, I will catch you all next Thrive Thursday. Thursday.